Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We're going to track the trends. We're going to hype the hits. We're going to dunk on those duds all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Laughter is the best medicine. (laughs) So sit back, relax, and grab your old-timey doctor bag as we dive into Dr. Giggles. Man, I... Okay. So we we were just talking briefly before the record, but we were both saying that neither of us have seen this movie. Never even heard of it. Never even was on my radar even a little bit. And we are both, I don't know if aficionados is the right word, but we are certainly B-horror movie enthusiasts. I like a slasher, I must admit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of them, the good, the bad, the ugly, I like, I like them all. And this one I've never even heard of. And Wow, I'm so glad we're doing this series, if only for these some of these movies I'm just now finding out about. Punisher, that 90s Captain America, and now Dr. Giggles. This one was released October 23rd, 1992, directed by Manny Cotto, starring Larry Drake, Holly Marie Combs, and Cliff DeYoung. Now, Manny Cotto, he doesn't have a lot of other movies to his credit, but one of them is Star Kid which we will be covering on the podcast. And then Xenon, the sequel. The sequel. Is that a Disney family movie? Yeah, because it's Xenon Girl of the 21st Century and then Xenon, the sequel. Okay, I knew it was a, like a pre-existing franchise. It's a trilogy. I can't remember what the third one's called. I'm sure it's just as wildly named. Yeah, it seems like he's done like kids movies. I didn't do a whole lot of research, to be honest, into Manny Cotto because his his filmography is a little lackluster. I'll say that he didn't get a lot of movies. And there's a lot of things you can gripe on about this flick, but it is functionally almost perfect. As a slasher fic, it has every single beat you need to hit. It's got good characterization, a bunch of characters. There's a whole lot of guys, but you never feel weighed down by them. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that makes this a good movie, but the bones are all there. I think it qualifies as a so bad it's good movie. There's so much wild stuff happening. You're suspending disbelief in almost every scene. There were some jump scares in this one that legit got me, man. And I don't usually get got. Well, the prosthetic works, too, was out of this world. I'll tell you the things. The thing that got me the most, it was a poodle. She was walking <laughs> past that, that nasty, nasty boy mansion. And she was like lost in thought and a poodle barks exceptionally loud. My volume wasn't up, I don't think, but I jumped. I was like, ah, and it never happens to me almost in any of these movies because I'm like, oh, where's the jump scare here? I know it's coming. And then, you know, I I teach myself to be too cool to be scared because that's the only way I can watch them. Mm -hmm. But at that Mm -hmm. point, (laughs) I didn't expect anything to really happen. It, it, It was just a little poodle and it scared me. This is probably a good, bad movie, but the nuts and bolts are all there. Like, functionally, this is a well-directed, a well-shot movie. And there's some legitimately horrifying things that occur in this movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think they nailed the tone, and I think that is the biggest fault. A lot of horror movies do a great job of, within the first 30 seconds, explaining to you what kind of movie you are about to watch. The first couple of kills and, like, the cold open describe to you 
where you're supposed to be at mentally. This movie does not waste no time. It wastes no time. It tells you exactly what it is within minutes. And personally, I think it's this is well worth a watch. Spoiler, you should watch this. All right. So this title sequence, as soon as it started going, the name came across the screen in like an EKG monitor blips. And that's when I I was like, okay, this is where we're at, huh? You got a real VFX guy working on this sucker. Probably some college kid spent a lot of time interning and putting together that Dr. Giggles. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're really playing with the space. We get the (laughs) intro, the title card comes up, and then the credits show us zooming and flying through a CGI circulatory system. There's red blood cells, there's valves and stuff like that. (laughs) And eventually we see a heart. And this CG, the best way I could describe it is like spooky Encarta is kind of where this is. (laughs) Like a surreal episode of Magic School Bus. Yes. We're in the platelets. We're watching the stuff swim around in the bloodstream. I'm just ready for like Miss Frizzle to bust out. Those are tiny, tiny blood vessels. They're all part of the bloodstream. Eeny, meeny, miny, Yeah, it doesn't take long for uh, Spook to happen. A CG scalpel descends from the top of the screen and slices open the clip art heart. And, okay, it transitions from CG into the real world regular camera where you look up through the wound where the scalpel is from to see the film cut and you zoom out into a... What do they call this where you can, it's a surgery, but you- It's like an observation yeah. room. It, it, you can see all the things around the, the top. observatory, probably. Well, like in it. Seinfeld. What are you eating? Junior mint. <laughs> you want one? No. Take one. I don't want one. No, they're good. Take I don't want any. Just take one. No, stop it. Kramer, stop it. <laughs> like one of those. The junior mints. So that's where we're at, and there's a doctor performing a procedure. And right away, something's a little kooky because they're doing surgery on a man who is 100% clothed. In a full suit. I was like, this is... Because, again, I'm knowing nothing about this movie. I'm like, he looks like a doctor. He's dressed like a doctor. There's people watching him from the observatory. I'm like, okay, people are watching a surgery. This is legit. But why is this dude in a full suit? No idea. It's just freaking me out. And then you learn pretty quickly mm-hmm. why he's in a mental institute. He's escaped mental patient. Yeah, an escaped mental patient. He's doing some kind of experimental, just having fun with one of the doctors there and cutting him all up. Yeah, I, th- I knew right away that it was like, okay, this is we're obviously we're in media res here because uh-huh. he says like, you know, he's this stopped his heart. You win some, you lose some. Which it's like really terrible bedside manner, but right. spoiler, he's not a doctor even a little bit. It's a great play on expectation because I'm right with you. I'm like, oh, this is the surgery where it all goes wrong and he becomes Dr. Giggles. But like, no, nah, he's just, he's an escaped mental patient who mm-hmm. um, the people looking for him say his IQ is through the stratosphere and he thinks he's a doctor. And then they show also <laughs> that this guy that he did his heart surgery on is the first kill of the film. He cuts cuts his arms off and like comes up behind one of the uh, (laughs) admins and like gropes her up with with his hands Uh and she's like, Doctor Phillips, Doctor Phillips, this isn't really the place. (laughs) And and she turns around and it's just this dude holding two hands 
That was pretty wild. It looks like, honestly, when they cut to him holding the arms, it looks like a scene out of, like, Scrubs or something. It. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he says, you win some, you lose some, I, was, I, I wrote down that he has the exact same bedside manner as the doctor in Darkman that he's also in. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely no care for human life. Why he's chosen to assist in helping or being a surgeon and trying to make someone better is like beyond me. Spoiler, he's not really a doctor, but you know. It's fun because my notes, I, I'm really considering like just posting the notes on Twitter or something like that because it's a wild roller coaster. this whole movie. Having no knowledge, I would start typing things thinking I know where we're going and then nope, that wasn't where I thought we were going even remotely. <laughs> and then you find out that those people that were watching him in the observatory were actually other patients that he released. Yeah, he just set everybody free. Yeah, so you get like a nice zoom view into the mouths of all of these crazy people like tapping on the glass and having a good old time. A lot of them have cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't I don't get, but I, I absolutely love. I wonder if that's if those cameras just exist in an observatory so that if somebody wants to take a video of something that's occurring, <laughs> they can. But it, it's still, why is there an observatory in this mental institute? Unless they're saying, you know, watch this. I'm going to poke into this guy's brain and you'll see that he's no longer... You know, maybe he's more passive now. Maybe it's just like a really old building. I guess so. Yeah, because it's like a surgery center. And why would that be in an asylum? Or why is like a mental institution attached to like a surgery center? I don't know. Mm -hmm. This movie poses lots of questions, answers only a few Few. of them. The answers (laughs) few of those questions. But it is a buck wild ride. So he escapes. He's gone. He's in the wind. Dr. Giggles is in the wind and he heads back home to his old stomping ground, his father's house, which is a old uh, doctor's office. So that's where we leave him in this spooky house. He's getting back in touch with his roots. We cut. We got to see. We got to get to our we main. Head back to Moore High. Moore High. Yes. Moore High, California. And we go straight to Moore High High. Where we're high, high. <laughs> where we yeah, and stupid, you get about five minutes of table setting, and it's just really beating you over the head with the idea that this is 90s. There's like a balloon font banner, everyone is just dressed to the nines. Talking about Z, the, the Zequel, this is basically uh, every Disney Channel like high school put together. Except we've been watching a lot of movies that transport you to the time, they're not timeless in their aesthetic. No. This couldn't be happening right now. This movie gets you right into the idea that like, oh, yeah, baby, this is 92. Check it. There's like a Walkman joke later. Uh, <laughs> it's just everything. Dad's on like a Apple II in the in the study. So we get introduced to the whole cast of characters here. The main character, Jennifer, and her boyfriend, Max. And then the number of folks who will eventually be killed one at a time featuring... I was shocked and delighted to see Dougie Doug in this one. Sanka, you dead, man? Yeah, man. Cool runnings. Yes, Dougie Doug is in this flick. Uh, and um, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, Sanka gets killed first. Spoiler, he did. He's number one on the hit list. But anyhow, so the cool kids are talking about their plans later that night. It's the last day of school, and they're going to have a party at the local makeout spot, which is called Breeders Hill. Yep, the the likely aptly named Breeders Hill. And funny you say about the 90s, they also make another 90s reference here. The more promiscuous girls 
is that what they're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. They see two twin blonde guys from the football team and they say, oh. The Twin Peaks. Let's climb. It's a Twin Peaks <laughs> reference. I'm like, that's pretty smart to reference any superior art in yours. It makes you think of something else. Well, you know what? Maybe they had Kyle McLaughlin on the mind because our main character, <laughs> Jenny, heads to the doctor. She has an appointment before the big festivities tonight, and it is a genuine knockoff Kyle McLaughlin. I saw it, and I was like, what, what, what? It's Kyle McLaughlin in this movie? And then I saw like the other side of his face. Like, oh, no, this is just... No, not a Kyle McLaughlin. No, this is a cardiologist, and it's Jennifer's doctor, and apparently she has a heart condition and now she has to wear a heart monitor and he tells her all right don't get excited don't drink alcohol and try to stay as calm as possible so yeah i bet that'll happen yeah just like all those sex positive promiscuous teens will be safe from the homicidal maniac (laughs) right she he just listed all of the things about the event she's going to tonight so he basically crossed every fun teen thing off the list here he also says which i thought i thought was really funny i don't know if it was in the script but he says How's your dad doing? Give me a deep breath. He gives her absolutely no time to respond to how's your dad doing, and she never responds to it. Like, why? I did not notice. I even ask, how's your dad doing? And you're not going to be able to drink any alcohol. He never finds out how her dad's doing. No. Well, not for the rest of the movie, I don't think. You're right. They never interact. It's a, it's a fake out. It seemed like you really wanted to know. It's, it's a fake out later, but no, yeah, they that's that's it. Um, Well, okay, so she's heading home now, and she's very angsty because she can't go to, like, Breeders Hill and, and really wild out because she's got this heart condition. And she's walking mm-hmm. on the path that leads from the doctor's office back to her home, and it passes the spooky Rendell Mansion, the busted-out old uh, burnout house that happens to be in most of these horror movies, except this one's right in there. It's right on the—it's curbside property, just— it's she can see it from her window in her house. It's that close to her house. She looked out the window and saw the Rendell mansion or the Rendell <laughs> doctor's office. I'm like, this neighborhood is way too nice to keep a rundown doctor's office there for 35 years. They would have tore that down immediately. Well, at first I was like, oh, OK, this is a spooky house out in the woods that's like abandoned. And she's like cutting through. No, this is literally. Yeah, yeah she's she can, super close to this place. Yeah. It, and it's not even like a recessed back. There's no driveway or nothing. It's right on the fucking street. No, she's walking by that place really slow. I'd be scooting by that place so fast. Well, it would be insane. Yeah, it is a local landmark, though. So, you know, you just kind of get used to that kind of stuff. And this is where your poodle jump scare comes in. Cause... Oh, it got me so good. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, what in the world's the matter with Also, this fucking nosy neighbor is giving yeah. Agatha from WandaVision a run for her fucking money. No spoilers here. The cops give her the business later, too, for being such a nosy neighbor. Well, she gets right up on this girl who has, like, obviously a heart monitor clipped to her pants. And she's like, wow, what's this? Some kind of fancy Walkman, huh? I'm like, girl, get out of here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, it's not that. It's like, what is it then? Like, dude, come on. Boundaries. Why don't you mind your business? So Jenny heads home in her idyllic neighborhood with the spooky house right down the street. And it seems that there's been a tragedy in the family. Jennifer's mother has died in what we find out later was a routine surgery. But dad's moving on. He's doing his best. He got himself a spicy new gal pal. And her name is Tamara or Tamara. And it is immediately evident that she will be killed in a in a very brutal manner. You just get like you look at her. What You get one shot of her and you're like, yeah. oh, she's she going she to be dead. She isn't going to last. No. She, she does look a lot like Winona Ryder, too. I know it's not Winona Ryder, but it seems like they do have a lot of actors that look like other actors. You mentioned the Kyle MacLachlan. She looks like Winona Ryder. That blonde haired dude who's like a big douchebag. He looks just like Alex Winters from Bill and Ted. 
Oh my God, he really but it's does. Not him. He does just look like him. He looks like a cross between Alex Winter and Sean Penn from Fast Times. Uh, but tomorrow, Michelle Johnson. Yeah, she's got a great look. Yeah. She's been in a lot of horror movies. She was in Waxwork. Not a horror movie, but she was in Death Becomes Her, which is a great film. Oh, that is a great movie. She was on some some, some Outer Limit in 96 on Melrose Place as uh, Perry Morgan. Mm. A couple of horror movies, like The Jigsaw Murders. What's that? That's like number five Saw movie where they, I think it's like a prequel. I don't know. <laughs> that's from 1989. Oh. Well, Jigsaw another is, I think that's what you're talking oh, about. Okay. Oh, she, yeah, oh, she, she was on Dallas too. Okay, so yeah, she, she's been, she's been working for a while. She's been in the biz a while at this point. So Jigsaw is the eighth installment of the Saw film series. Oh. Eight movies. Sorry, we'll cut that. I haven't dropped an f bomb yet in the series. So <laughs> they have eight movies. Oh well, yeah. You know, we should have thought about that beforehand because then we could have got that explicit tag off there. But like, whatever. Yeah. That's it, too many movies. That's way, way too many fucking movies. Yeah. For any it's probably I, not even the last one. There's a lot of movies that I wish were more movies of, but I don't think that I ever wish there was eight of any. <laughs> there's I don't know. Right. Uh, wait, no, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. Fast and Furious, Fate of the Furious. It's fine. <laughs> so Jenny's at home talking to her dad. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. And and to She's got she's got her heart problem. He's saying, Don't worry, and she's eating an apple. And he says, hey, isn't there dinner coming? And she says, oh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. No, done. She may as well have winked. <laughs> Is this all the same day? I think it's just one day, right? I think it's one day, yeah. But yeah, it don't work. It don't keep shit away because she gets in a whole heap of trouble. And now we do a little flashback. Oh, I Dr. Think. Giggs. This is when he's, he, yeah, he's having a flashback to his youth. Yes. He's just a babe. His dad comes in. His dad, who's the real town doctor. And he's cutting open a teddy bear, doing a little surgery on a teddy bear and sewing them all up. His dad comes in. He's all proud to see him doing that. And he says, uh, you know, Daddy, one day I want to be a doctor just like you. And he says, I promise you will be. And I was like, "That's you shouldn't promise your kid that they can be a doctor. <laughs> this is why, obviously, this man has some unresolved issues, you know, with his father and, you know, how their relationship ended. <laughs> I promise you'll be a doctor. What? You have to go through years of medical school. This dad should have noticed if he is a doctor that his child's behavior is not great because you did say that. I mean, he's cutting open his teddy bear, but like in a real way that that is very clear is not. You also find out that this guy ain't right either. I mean, he ain't no Doc McStuffins. That's all I'm going to say. He's in that case. Did they mention at this point that his dad was killed? He blames the town for the dad. This town murdered you. Yeah, and he's he's going to get some vengeance. So, you know, it's kind of unclear, but this is really looking like a, a Freddy situation here for sure. Mm-hmm. And we, we get an explanation rather quickly, speaking of Freddy, uh, because mm. the cool kids are breaking into the house, explaining that... Town's got a doctor and his name is Randall. Stay away from his house because he's the doctor from hell. He chopped up his patients, every last one, and he cut out their hearts purely for fun. To a jaunty little tune. Yeah, it's more of like a rap. <laughs> it's kind of like a rhyme, but fake Alex Winter is giving it a real fucking... <laughs> he's giving it he's some real... spin on it. Yeah, uh, he's doing a, a very white man rap version of it. A uh, Stu, is that Stu, do you think? Darren Heems. Oh, that's him. He's still got them curly locks, baby. Oh, shit. You got to fucking see this shit. D-A-R-I-N. Well, just pull up the IMDb page so we both look at them. Nerdbot, please leave this in. Please make this the header of the episode. Yeah, people want to hear this. 
<laughs> this is what everybody wants. Ah, he does got a curve. Look at dude. them fucking locks, man. Okay, he's on Sons of Anarchy. That fucking tracks. Jonah Hex, um. that tracks. Oh, he's on, no, he's on the remake of Plat Magnum P.I. That makes even more sense in the remake of Lethal <laughs> Weapon. Man, wow. He's got a vibe, that's for sure. Okay. Right. Oh, Justify too. Mickey. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. This is great radio. This is so fucking good. Definitely leave this in. People want to hear about your justified realizations. This is so good. Why just listening to us? He's in Prison Break. He's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's in Night of the Demons too. Welcome to the Nerdaplexi IMDb review show where we list all IMDb credits. You have to stop saying stuff that's funny because it means we have to leave in the stupid stuff. Oh, this uh, this is going to be a long episode, guys, because I had a no. I, uh, this no Sam. We're, we have to make this one three and a half fucking no. hours. Yeah, we just jumped right over the fact that they stoned his dad to death. Oh, in I'm the sorry. Street. Well, I did not know that fact, so thank you for bringing that up. I hope I'm not saying something dumb, but I swear I wrote down as they were saying. Literally they stoned him to death, and he stoned him to death, right? Yeah, that's right. And then went back in for his son, and I'm thinking, why they go after his son? His son was like an eight year old. Well, you know what? That kind of gets explained later, though, because like one look at that fucking kid. Obviously, the kid ain't right. What? Yeah, one look tells you that that kid ain't right. Honestly, I'm worried about the actor who played that kid. Yes, I'm also. That was my next. Uh, this is this. Okay, let's find. Let's find him. Let's too. get an IMDb. <laughs> um, carnival worker. Well, that doesn't help. Um, man in car. Where is the young boy? Young, what's his name? Magruder? Is his fucking name Magruder? I'm sorry. Magruder. No, 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 that's the police officer. Oh, okay. Because I was going to bring that up. (laughs) Dr. Evan Rendell. Okay, so young Evan. I don't see a young Evan. Do you see a young Evan? Young Evan. Here we go. Nicholas Mastredreda. He doesn't have a pick on there, and he only did this one and Homeward Bow the Incredible Journey. Oh. Yeah, he's the kid who cuts open the animals. Yeah, I mean, he ain't the right. He's not the. He's not a good one in this one, because he's got a creepy look. But well, I don't want to say that he's got a creepy look because it's a child. But he's like, just a kid. He crushes it. Let's say that he's very good at being creepy. I will say that. So the cool kids, they're playing a game here, and this is cool I don't. Kids. Okay, I get that you need to get the kids into the house. So I totally understand that. There are three thousand better ways to do this than what they do which is it's like a prank to get Dougie Doug and his girlfriend trapped in the house so that they'll be so scared that they'll fuck in the abandoned house of a serial killer dime store Bill S. Preston Esquire he's masterminded the whole thing hit me with that full name fake Bill locks them in this room in a way that, like, is pretty smart, and a, he has a specific tool for this. Is he been killing people here? Well, he just had an axe. He can only do that trick once. It was like a weird, like, climbing tool. Like, that was a fucking strange thing, and he uses it to, like, wedge the door shut so they're trapped in there so that they'll bone, which, yeah, I mean, that gets me real turned on being in, like, a, a fucking busted-up haunted house. Okay, well, to each their own, I guess. But it is not, it's certainly not a kink for Dougie Doug and his gal because neither of them are enjoying themselves. And unfortunately, they're not the only folks in the house. So they're trying to break down the door and get out. At one point, Dougie Doug does a fatal error and he pretends 
like something bad happened to him because they hear some footsteps and he looks out the keyhole and they go, oh, 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 oh. and he turns to him and like, ha, 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 just playing, girl. And she's like, man, fuck you, which is appropriate, totally appropriate. And it's then at that moment we see a very long syringe coming through the keyhole, dripping green goop, and stabs Dougie Doug, and he vomits up a bunch of stuff and falls over dead, which honestly... Sanka, you dead, man? Yeah, man. <laughs> He's dead. He's fucking dead. He falls over dead. So that's kill number one. Green Goop gets him. And then Dr. Giggles rolls into the room in his full regalia and unfortunately kills the girl as well. And her screams are heard by the nosy neighbor who, at this point, I'm like, good on you, girl. But she's a little foolish. She does not call the police before she investigates. She goes and investigates and then calls the police. And Dr. Giggs gets a good look at her with a little spooky eyeball trick and marks her for victim number three. There's been like green goo in almost every movie we've watched so far. And I want to say that there's green goo in his hypodermic that he puts in Dougie Doug. It is green goo. Was there a lot of green goo? I don't know if it's green or blue because it's blue later for sure. Well, that's the stuff that puts him to sleep. This is like an instant kill drug. Right. The green stuff was the instant kill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. The, that's the real secret of the use. <laughs> the different colors. <laughs> All right. So we cut to the party at Breeders Hill, and it is buck wild. Everybody's drinking, and all of these teens have the coolest fucking cars I've ever seen. Peer pressure at every corner. Yeah, and uh, Max, Jennifer's boyfriend, is pressuring, like, have some drinks and, like, let's fuck around. And at this point, I don't understand what Jennifer's problem is, is because if she's like, actually, hey, like, I can't drink and, like, we can't fuck around because I got this heart monitor on because, like, my heart's busted. Instead, she's just like, we can have fun without drinking, right? She doesn't want him to worry all the stuff that she's worried about. I guess. I guess. She's just graduated high school. Is that kind of what we're thinking here? I feel like that. I think so. Because he's got like a job lined up or something like that. So Mm -hmm. they've just graduated. So I get that. She doesn't want to ruin the weekend by like, oh, well, woe is me with my heart troubles. Mm -hmm. Because we can all agree that's bummer stuff. Keep it to yourself. It is a bummer stuff too. But like at the same time, I'd be like, yo, no, check it. I'll be the DD. Get trashed, Max. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she knows it very well, but she's going through some shit for sure. Because this is when... Mm -hmm. As the cool kids are up there partying, this happens later, but the cops show up and break up the party and they all disperse. But we'll get back to that. That um, cop is the coolest dude ever because he just shows up playing like some oldies and he's like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> I, it's a good gag. It's a good gag because he plays a song. He's like, he doesn't bust anybody. He's just like, if you're still here, I'll bust you. Well, okay, but I would argue that those kids absolutely should have been busted because like, okay, I get it. Kids got to blow off some steam, but these kids are driving their Jeeps around and throwing beer cans at the cops. <laughs> so like maybe get one or two of them. Yeah, maybe. But he had a misspent youth too because he said he was their age doing this stuff too. Exactly. And he said it's a tradition at this point that they do that whenever they do it. So he said busting up on Breeders Hill every year, it's a more high tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of paperwork. Consider that. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's Magruder, by the way. Magruder! <laughs> Magruder! Or as I have noted in my notes, old cop, young cop. <laughs> <laughs> Magruder and Ritz? Reitz. Reitz. Officer Reitz. Officer Hank Magruder. Hank Richard Magruder. That's a good Bradford. name. Magruder. He was in The Untouchables. Okay. All right. As the cops have dispersed the children... They get a call that the nosy neighbor had submitted, and he's like, I guarantee it's that, that, an old nosy neighbor, and basically dismisses her, 
as we cut to her house to watch her actively be killed. I thought he was cool for letting the kids, you know, whatever. Kids got to do kid stuff. But then mm. right after that, they had a call in from that lady. And he said, oh, that crazy, bro. She's rapist in a hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, not a great look, Magruder. That's a real bad look, dude. He redeems himself <laughs> later. That's all I'll say. Um, not really, though. I not what I think you do. Not when it could have saved many lives. I think he kind of do. Okay, well, we'll let you be the judge, dear listener. All the kills in this are medically linked, kind of, sort of, for the most part. And this one, it's a pill swap. She takes out her medication. It's a red pill. And I guess it's, I, I get it that it's a visual reference so that we understand that he's switching the pills. But it's a blood red pill that she's supposed to take. And she comes back and it is a totally blue pill that she. Oh, yeah. She got blue pilled and now she'll never realize she's living in a simulation. Well, that's probably good because her part of the simulation was being brutally murdered. She's gasping. She's crawling on the floor. She says, I need a doctor. Oh, careful shit. what you wish for. Set up. There's a doctor right there. Here comes the knockdown. And he down. said, oh, it's a good thing I still make house calls. Ugh. This is quip after quip with this dude. And uh, then he, he looks into her gigantic throat. I wrote down throat cute. It's not good. Yeah, okay. It's not good. All right. Well, but know. I didn't try real hard on this one. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot of movies. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of movies. It's going to be hard to come up with them. So just get the first one that comes to me, and I'm like, eh, good enough. Well, this shot is actually really cool. Um, it I, is cool. It's like through her mouth. He does like the say ah bit, and you see the perspective from inside her mouth. And apparently what they did was they built a giant ass double dare style giant mouth and just put the <laughs> camera inside of it. They should have put a flag in there. It's probably it's down by the gums. You always gotta get you yeah. gotta get elbow deep in there. <laughs> he uses that thing to uh, look up her nose, and it's like a oh, big yeah. a murder version. And this is one of the first really great prosthesis kind of things where you man, you really fucking see that thing go up her nose. Woo. Yeah, it, Woo. yeah, that's very very scary. The special effects are very effective in this. Then we get more backstory as to the insanity of Doctor Evan Rendell. You find out that his wife had a heart problem and he was killing his patients to take their heart mm-hmm. and try to give a heart to his wife. And they say at this point, if he had succeeded, he might have been the first person to have a successful heart transplant. And the one guy says, ahead of his time, but out of his mind. Oh, I think that was Officer Reed says that. Yeah, hell yeah. The exposition police, they keep telling the rest of the story. And Yeah, this is when they show up to um, check out the old Rendell mansion. And for some reason, Officer Reed smells something, but uh, Magruder's like, no, 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 no. Like, we, like come on, we got to get out of here. So uh, Officer Reed thinks something's up, but it seems like Magruder's got something to hide. Yeah, he doesn't want nothing to do with that place. No, he's fucking out of there. Uh, for sure. And then we also get a little bit more exposition where we see Jenny and Max on the Ferris wheel. And then she fesses up and says, I got this heart problem. I didn't want to say anything because my mom died in, you know, routine surgery. Uh, and then right. she gets really upset. It's heavy stuff for, you know, weekend party. Time. Yeah, you know, so you kind of get it. But she then walks home alone. She doesn't want anything to do with it because she's just kind of in her own head about it. So she's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. So she walks home. And when she gets back, her dad and the new missus are uh, otherwise occupied. They're in the throes. He's taking her to <laughs> Pound Town. Yeah. I, and then um, she throws her heart monitor in the fish tank. 
Yeah, she does do that. And as she's being angsty by the window, Dr. Giggles sees her from the street and um, is like, oh, shit, I, I got to check this out. Yeah, this is uh, this is where I got to be. He wants to get in there, but then he sees Dime Store Billis Preston Esquire. Yes. And his old lady. And he's the worst. But anyway. There's so much to impact there. Dr. Giggles is like, okay, let's go to this one then instead. Yeah. And his little brother is playing Dr. Mario, which is a good Easter egg and better game. <laughs> yeah, better game than this a movie, perhaps. I spent like 40 hours playing Dr. Mario in the last like two weeks on uh, the Switch Online. Oh, okay. Pretty solid still. It holds up. Anyway, that was a little aside. But anyway, we get up to uh, the bedroom where Dime Store Billis Preston Esquire is trying to, uh, speaking of Pound Town, take his old lady to Pound Town. We can stop calling it Pound Town. <laughs> He's trying to. You're the only one, baby. Well, I can stop. If I want. I can stop anytime I want. Anytime I want. (laughs) I learned it from watching you. No. So he's trying to get busy. Uh He's trying to make he's trying to make some sex. Right. And so he he busts out his mom's lingerie that he snagged from his dad's suitcase. Swiped from my mom's suitcase before she and dad left for vacation. His mom's lingerie he wants to give her. He wants her to wear that. I'm like, that is maybe the grossest thing ever. Uh Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and then well, to if I'm tell her this, it's one thing. It's one thing to like, okay, I snagged my mother's lingerie because I want my girlfriend to wear it. But then to tell your girlfriend that you want her to wear your mother's lingerie, what? Why didn't she run screaming from this house? I mean, it fits her because they're about the same size. He probably eyeballed that up. But then she says, if I'm going to wear this, mm. you're going to wear this. Mm-hmm. She gives him a condom that she got in gym class. And he like puts it in his teeth. That's the first thing he does. I'm like, this is the worst dude ever. Then he drops it in the toilet because he opens it over the toilet. And he doesn't quick grab it with his hands. He reaches into the toilet with with his tooth. It has to be his own toothbrush. It's his house. It must be. There's only one toothbrush in that bathroom. So he reaches in with his own toothbrush to get this condom out. And he just puts the toothbrush back without ever cleaning. Good for him. He'll never have to use it ever again. But it's still, like, just real bad instincts. And when he finally gets the condom out, it's got all kind of holes in it. Probably because he put it in his mouth and in his teeth. I, yeah, I, at first I was like, are they, like, trying to say something? Or are they just saying that he's such a fucking asshole that he's ruined it at this point? I, I'm guessing is what they're trying to say. He's just going to mess up everything. And then he can't put his condom on, so he puts on a, his backwards hat so that he can go back and do it. Well, okay, like, here's my thing is, like, you've never received any information on this. Like, okay, they're giving them out in gym class. In your gym class, did they not fucking talk about what a condom is and how to oh, fucking use it? he said he must have missed it? that day. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> it's obvious because he slips into the other room to get ready. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I have to go over here and put it on. Yeah, the teen stuff is weird, but yeah, so he's, he's all horned up, and again, he mentions his mom. He said, since I found my mom's Victoria's Secret catalog, I have not been able to stop thinking about this. Can we talk about how Dr. Gills does show up in this place and he does murder his girlfriend in the Mm -hmm. other room? Yeah. And then he comes out and uh, you find out that under this... It's a thermometer under her tongue, by the way. Yeah, oh right, thermometer under the tongue. Sharpened. Very sharp thermometer. Stabs her through the brain piece. But then he comes out and he's all excited and he like crawls under the blanket. And what do we see? Not his girlfriend, but Dr. Giggles... Waiting so under the blanket good. for him. And this is the second time in two movies with Larry Drake where they could not care less <laughs> about how much bigger he is than the other person. Because Darkman puts on a Larry Drake mask and he's Larry Drake. And I'm like, these people aren't the same size. Okay, whatever. But this one, you see as the guy comes out of the bathroom, how svelte of a figure he cuts underneath that blanket. And then he crawls under and it's not his girlfriend. And it's Dr. Giggles. 
completely different sized bodies. Drastically. Drastically. He is 150 pounds heavier than she is. Easily. Easily. And he's easily got like a foot and a half on her here. This man is tall. He's like 6'3". No way he fits under that blanket. He's like 6'3", 250, and he is he is he is posing as a like five a five hundred pounds soaking away. Eighteen year old girl. Yeah, that I, I don't care how fucking dark it is in that room. This guy, I don't know, he's got some mom stuff. Maybe I, I maybe he's got some dad stuff too. He does not bother. I'm gonna cut that. That's gross. Um <laughs> He does actually, I think uh, now you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I think he cuts off Dimester Billis Preston Esquire's wiener. He for sure slices his wiener off. I was really glad that that didn't come up later. Because <laughs> he, like he has a bag full of hearts by the end. I was mm-hmm. really glad that he, that he wasn't like, oh, this is the wrong one. It throws it over his shoulder. <laughs> this, this ain't going to work. I was, <laughs> I was deathly afraid that they were going to like cut to him and be like, whoa, la, 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 here's a dismembered penis. <laughs> Yeah, I was very concerned. I was very concerned. Luckily, we didn't have to worry. It um, does not come up. You just, it sees him with the covers over him in a bloody wiener. And then he sneaks out of the house. Now, the boy who's playing Mario has some of the best reactions to this shit ever because this dude screams and the kid looks up. He's playing Mario with the volume blasting, looks up. Looks back, totally stone-faced. The doctor comes down and stands right behind him. And, like, this child actor has got some great reactions. Mm-hmm. And then they do a, like, I don't know if it's, like, a video gamer joke, but Dr. Giggle stands behind him and sees him playing Dr. Mario, and he says, Terminal. So, like, does he think that, like, he's basically already dead because he's rotted his brain with video games? Is that what the joke they're making? I guess so. I, I wasn't sure exactly what he said. Because, look, if he's making a comment on Dr. Mario, he's playing level 10 at medium speed. He's going to be fine. Like, that's one of the... That's easy. <laughs> the hot Mario. And he was, Dr. He, Mario he was almost tape. done with that level. There's only like four or five viruses left. So I think it must have been a comment on the fact that the kid is just some anti-video gamer commentary. This kid's already <laughs> dead. Why bother killing him? I Yes, I think that is it. Thank you for your Dr. Mario analysis in there. This has been the Dr. Mario podcast where we find all of the <laughs> references to Dr. Mario in movies. And we cover those movies and TV shows, and we talk about their level that they're on in Dr. Mario. I'm on level 18. I still do a low speed because I, I get a lot of gratification out of knocking down that high virus count. But probably mm-hmm. I'd be... You just want to enjoy the experience, medium, you know? Exactly. If I was on a medium, I'd probably be somewhere around a 15. I see. I see. Yeah. Level 15. Very High cool. speed. Very cool. I'd probably be on a level 10. Extremely topical. Dr. Mario. I stuff. just played it the other day, so it's topical to me. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. This has been Dr. Mario Corner with Sam. We see Jennifer in her house and she's looking through photo albums of her mother who has died tragically. And also looks like Jen cracked open the wine cabinet here and she's drinking a glass of wine while she's looking through the uh, photo album. She decides, you know what? She sees like uh, photos of her and her mother and her dad like being young and having fun. And she's like, fuck this. I'm going to go find my man. And she heads off to the carnival just as Dr. Giggles is uh, checking in. The doctor is in. And he's looking at her heart monitor. He sees that she's got a heart Mm -hmm. problem. He's looking at pictures of her. He has another flashback to his dad saying that his mom had a broken heart. And if only he could just fix it. (laughs) And his dad starts laughing real creepy. And then he starts laughing real creepy. 
This is a weird scene. You could say they were in stitches. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> they're, they're going you around for your, how did you feel about the puns in this one, Sam? Because so there's many, I, I mean, I, feel like I can't even make any punny jokes. They've done it. They're soaking up a lot of the territory there. They are relentless and they're happening nonstop. Every time Dr. Giggles is on screen, he's punning. He gets right back to business. Well, okay. So first Jen's dad is really worried about Jenny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The girlfriend is like, who cares about your daughter? Who cares if she dies? She's, you know, she's fine. I mean, the girl is sick. She just lost her mother, for God's sake. You just lost your wife. You've adjusted. Brutal. I'm like, wow. I'm like, she's going to get it next because they make you not care about her. Mm-hmm. Dr. Giggles, as if summoned, he straps her down with one of those like sutured tubes. And he gets some weird suction device that also has like a blade in it. It's like a stomach pump. And the stomach pump, yeah. but it, it, it had like a weird rotary blade inside of it as well. Mm-hmm. He says, I know, I know. It sucks. So. Well, he's sucking out like a bunch of ice cream that she's glooped in this bowl and literally that ate- ice cream was in the fridge, by the way. No wonder it was so gloopy. It's like half melted. She puts it in a giant salad bowl. She's crying. And on the walk from the kitchen to the bedroom, she has eaten all of it. It's totally gone. So she's crying because her boyfriend left to find his daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to like be cold about her because the daughter obviously doesn't really like her. But to be upset that he's going to do that. I mean, obviously, you can tell why he would want to go find his daughter who took off her heart monitor and drank all kind of wine. Whose mother just died. Yeah, from a heart problem. She's not making the best life decisions. I don't understand why she was crying. He's talking about her ice cream and he's like, oh, all this fat. Let's suck it out, basically. He didn't say that. Full of fat and sugar. Let's get that out of you. Yeah, and he sticks his tube down her throat and turns on this pump, and he pumps it right back into the ice cream bowl, which is pretty gross. Real gross. So, like, then you see, like, the ice cream come out, and then he's like, let's turn it up, and he, like, pushes the button again, and oh, no, and then she gets all choked up, and there's all goop coming out of there. A little bloody goop. Not the best kill in this one, but, you know, he does a cool move where he straps her into the chair by her mirror with uh, some rubber tubing. It makes it like a snapping noise. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It's kind of freaking. Yeah. Every kill is medically based, and he pulls all of his tools out of a doctor's bag of holding, and it just has everything he needs exactly the time that he needs it. It's a pretty handy little case there. Then we cut to the band room. Oh, my gosh. And some real sexy puns. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> Max is uh, feeling up on uh, Jen's friend. I can't remember her name. She has a name because they say it later. Colette, I believe, something like that. I don't know. Doesn't, Whatever. It doesn't she... much matter. She doesn't live very much longer. But he's showing her the saxophone. First of all, you got to use the right fingerings. There. Okay, now you just got to blow the thing. Right there. And then she's like <laughs> sticks the whole reed in her mouth. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, I hope that's his. Ugh. And not then just pick up a saxophone in the band room. I played reed instruments in high school. And because she basically goes down on the saxophone and 
that read, I have to imagine extremely <laughs> uncomfortable because that's it's a piece of wood. It's a literal piece of wood. And I don't. Oh, yeah. She probably got a splinter. I'm sure. Absolutely. And he says, you know, <laughs> I just can't believe it like that. Why not? Oh, you got to use the right embouchure. What's that? It's the way you place your uh, lips. I've never had a problem with my lips before. Maybe you better show me what I'm doing wrong. This is so nasty. This band room is crazy. There are like 30 kids in here paired up and going to town. Pound town? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I guess. <laughs> Obviously. No. They're in Pound Town. It's a Pound Town band, and they're. <laughs> there are. Um, Sounds like ragtime. Yeah. They're given their name uh, a run for its money, as it were, because there's a lot of kids, and they are freaking big time. So. It's here that the Colette or whatever her name is. Kareen and Normie. Kareen. I don't know which one's which. I think Kareen is the one. Kareen is the one doing the making out. Normie is her wingman, who is quite a fucking wingman, I will say. Because she like wingmans the whole saxophone thing and then like takes it and sets it down when they start making out on the floor of the band room. And she leaves and sees Jennifer looking for Max. And she says, oh, I know right where this asshole is and points <laughs> Jennifer to the band room and then uh, Max is caught red headed handed. Is that <laughs> red head handed? Red headed handed. He, he, red yeah. head handed. They're making out and she sees it and she's like, at least now I know which one of us is really sick. So now we see that Dr. Giggs, who's found out about Jen's heart condition, is following her through the fair. So we see Dr. Giggles see Jen. Then we see Jen see her dad. And then we see Max see Jen go into the haunted house. So there's a lot of quick cuts here. Even further, Kareen then sees Max see Jen. And the whole party, except for the dad, heads into the fun house for a quadruple mirror scene chase. Goes like you would expect. And in this instance, Kareen gets killed. Uh, she bonks her nose and then Dr. Giggles appears and says Probably just needs a band-aid. And then kills her with a foot wide and three foot long giant band-aid. I- <laughs> yeah, he's just carrying around novelty band-aids and he's <laughs> but he assures her that it's ouchless ouchless okay real quick i know this is we're always pretty good at keeping on track but i just wanted to see what else dr evan rendell did and he starred in the movie flesh gordon and he plays emperor wang the perverted okay flesh gordon flesh gordon that's the sex he's movie. also in flesh gordon meets the cosmic cheerleaders but in that one he plays evil presence. I see. Pretty alarming. He actually just died last year. Rip, I guess. He has a film credit all the way up until he was in an episode of Grace and Frankie. Oh, that makes sense. That's, is that a show about like... Uh, Old gals. Women selling about town. sex toys or something? I think so. Because there's a big picture of a sex toy on the Netflix. I never watched it. There you go. Well, you out there in Radioland, tell us about Grace and Frankie. He's in Critters 3, which was mentioned... Well, Critters was mentioned in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I think they were watching Critters 3, actually. I don't know if that's... I don't know if it was 3. I think it was Critters 1 or 2. It was 2, I believe. Because this is 1991 when Critters 3 came out. I'm pretty sure... This is the one that came out right after that, though. Oh, maybe. They were capitalizing on the fact that people recognize that he's an episode of Frasier. (laughs) But anyway, Flesh Gordon. Flesh Gordon. Pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Parody Porner. 
Jen escapes and she runs off into the woods uh, and manages to get help by getting run over by a police car. And this is when Magruder's acting it shady as fuck. Obviously, he's in on this. Uh, and he heads to his locker to take out his bottle of locker whiskey <laughs> that he hasn't, he hasn't drank in 35 years. 35 though. years. That is just garbage. That's garbage. Throw that away. You can absolutely. Can't. Moon glow. Yeah. Moon glow. You cannot drink that whiskey. It's just it's just garbage now. No, it's bottle aged, which isn't a thing. No, yeah, that's not a thing. So we give a little flashback and seeing the last time he drank this whiskey was right after the Rendell murders. They found all of these people who had their hearts cut out and he was on watch over the bodies. And he hears that very distinctive giggling. It's very creepy. When the old doctor does it, it's creepy. When the young kid doctor does it, it's also creepy. But he follows the noise down to the morgue. And this is where I'm going to go ahead and say that this scene itself is enough that anyone who's ever seen a horror movie should absolutely watch this movie for this scene. It's so gnarly, dude. This is really something. And the effects here are fucking amazing. Because Magruder hears a noise and he pulls back the blanket over the body of Mrs. Rendell. And then we see a scalpel come up through the body and young Dr. Giggs climbs out of his mother's body in a weird kind of reverse tauntaun situation. Point of order, he would not have fit in there. He had to be like under the table and coming out that way. Right, but they had been wondering... He was far too large to be fit inside of a and, human. Well, yeah, she also had no like stitches on her. There was no wounds unless she was like cut open yeah. from the back. So that was the whole thing is that he got out of the house and escaped the mob by being sewn up in his dead mother. So gnarly. It's brutal. It's a brutal scene, and it, it makes this man basically pass out from spookiness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, before he tells about his spooky scene, Max, he's like, Promise me you look after He says, I don't have to promise you doodly squat. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> the chief is great. He's eating, like, Chinese food, but there was, like, a giant, enormous, like, egg roll or something on the table. I don't know what the fuck that thing was. It's making me hungry now, though. Okay, so yeah, then um, that's the story of how he escaped and he was captured later and then basically put in the mental institution for the next 35 years, um, which would make sense because he escaped the police in a person's body. So after Jennifer got hit by the cop car, the cops got her and Max at the police station. They call her dad and leave him a message. And then when dad gets home, he hears he's got two messages. He's got a message from the cops and they're like, give us a call. Your daughter's fine. She's here. She was attacked. But like everything's chill. Just come down and get her. And then the second message plays, which is Dr. Giggles. And he says, hello, this is your new doctor. And I'm standing right behind you. What the hell is that? Really great gag. He kills him with like a bone saw or something. Not a very inventive kill, but you know, he didn't get time to finish it because the old cop shows up soon thereafter and uh, Dr. Giggles tries to get a drop on him, but he stabs him in the back of the head with a scalpel and he gets a chance to shoot Dr. Giggles right in the fucking guts. Yeah, so he's got a scalpel in his brain and he still he says, you owe me for 35 years of sleep. lost sleep. Yeah. 
And then he gets a shot off on him, which I thought was pretty badass. It's a really cool moment from the cop. And it's also from Drake here as Dr. Giggles does this bit where he's in pain and his giggles are like high pitched and whiny. And eventually he like brings it back down to the regular giggle and then heads back home. And I think that they're trying to show here that this is how the only way he knows to show pain is these giggles as well. Mm -hmm. Because he's saying that his mom's dying and he starts doing that weird laugh. So why is he doing this? Well, his dad was laughing, but that seems to be like the way that they show that they're in pain mm -hmm. because obviously if they weren't in pain he wouldn't try to save his mom he wouldn't be nearly as deranged as he is but yeah so that's his his reaction to physical pain too it's his like barometer which is uh pretty interesting the tone of his mm -hmm. giggles so he heads back home strips butt ass naked and starts doing surgery on himself with the use of mm -hmm. a mirror and in a great artistic flourish, he put on two different latex gloves so he could do the scalpel bit and hand him fucking self scalpel <laughs> and forceps and stuff. Yet again, the prosthetics are great. He does surgery on himself. It's really extremely brutal. And then sews himself up and poses as Jennifer's father to call the cops and say that she's at the hospital and he heads there for a little uh, dock on dock violence. What did you think of this fight, this doctor fight? Oh, it was pretty good. Fake Kyle uh, McLaughlin. Oh, fake Kyle McLaughlin, yeah. He, he's giving him the business. You know what? There's a lot of great characters in this. They have great reactions. Like, no one panics. This doctor sees this guy, and he's like, oh, shit, this guy's nuts. And he pulls out a bar and goes to fight with him. I mean, he's no match for him, and he's smashed about the head and face with a giant reflex hammer, then killed with a giant blood pressure cuff. Again, right. Yeah, that's a pretty gnarly kill. Cool special effects. Jen escapes just in the nick of time, but it's not quick enough as eventually Giggs is able to capture her. And again, in a really gnarly scene, stabs her with this gigantic fucking needle right in the side. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, if needle stuff triggers you, man, this is not the movie for you. No. A great deal of needle stuff. Yeah, yeah. So... Reitz and Max both determine in their own separate ways that they're going to head to the old Rendell house because they think that is where all this stuff is coming from. And on his way, Reitz stops by Jennifer's house, discovers Magruder dead, and also <laughs> discovers Jennifer's dad, who's not quite dead, and gives, oh my God, a great line reading where he, he comes back to life and grabs Reitz and says, Doctor, I'm calling the hospital now. A doctor did this. Why is that an important detail, you asshole? It's important because he uh, knows it now. He shouldn't know why it's important. Well, I get actually. But, I guess he should. He lived. He owns the house on the street where the spooky killer doctor lives. So I get it. Okay. Yeah, that's true. But it's a fucking great line reading. This actor really puts in his fucking all on this. So then we see Jennifer all prepped for surgery and old Dr. Giggles got a bucket of hearts and he's trying to whole bucket. I don't think they would stay good. I know. Well, this is very heightened, basically like a fucking cartoon. But yeah, he's yeah. got her all prepped and ready. Like he's a deranged carrot top. Yeah. He's got a bag full of <laughs> heart props. And he's interrupted, though, before surgery can start because Officer Reitz finds the old doctor's office and then he goes in, in the waiting room here, I feel like, is fucking gnarly. That's a really gnarly yeah, scene. All of the victims that Dr. Giggles has procured so far, he has positioned them and arranged them like patients waiting in the waiting room, even like sticking magazines in their hands and stuff. 
It's if this is all in one day, how would he have had the time? Could you imagine having to carry two bodies from a house across the street <laughs> over to your mansion? Right. And into where they go. That's a whole evening for me. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it would take a whole day for sure. The ones that died in the building. Sure. Yeah. You get them right up mm-hmm. the steps. But the ones that died like two streets down, he hasn't showed that he has a car at any point in time. Yeah, there's all kind of bodies in here, too. I didn't even recognize fucking some of them. Well, he could have just killed anyone walking past. I guess. guess. Yeah, but it's cool. It's a very cool scene, but Reed's like, he pushes his way through and he comes upon them just at the last second as he's about to slice them. But Giggs is ready. So this is after Dr. Giggles pulls out this machine and he says, okay, my dad had this all figured out, but we never had a chance to use it. And it's like a bunch of car batteries strapped (laughs) together. And he's like, don't worry, this is going to be fine. I'm going to kill you with this electricity. And then put a new heart in it and you'll be totally fine. So he shocks her into death. Mm-hmm. And then before he can slice open, though, Officer Reese comes in and interferes. He does the Goldilocks bit with the hearts. He's trying to see which oh, one's the yeah, right one. Shit. He's like, this one's too big. This one's too small. This heart's just right. So then he like smacks the battery terminals and they make a little spark. And then he shocks her to death. Now, is there truth to that? I'm not a surgeon, but it makes sense, right? You would want the heart to not be pumping whenever you cut it out, obviously. Yeah, but like... Even whatever little it is pumping. I'm no doctor, but from what I understand, that is probably the last thing you do is to stop the heart. Because well, yeah. You like hook the body up to other stuff and do all that. So now I don't believe that this method would have been successful per se. Right. I'm just wondering if that part is rooted in reality. If you're stopping the heart to make those, to to take the, I don't know anything about anything. I I think the very last thing is you stop the heart, but that's after you've already diverted like the veins and shit, I feel like. I don't know. Hey, tweet at us. Let us know. Surgeons, all of our surgeon fans who are listening to this Dr. Giggles episode, Mm -hmm. (laughs) please. Well, there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of crossover between, you know, surgeons and horror movie fans. If I go into uh, my podcatcher and I type Dr in there because i want to see what the next doctor podcast and this one comes up Uh i'm pretty surprised but then to have listened all the way through to this point (laughs) before you realize it's not an actual (laughs) medical podcast (laughs) well welcome we appreciate you sticking around and please tweet us uh how to do a real old heart transplant because dr giggles because we're gonna try one he's got no fucking idea luckily officer reitz shows up and he's (laughs) He, he takes one of them big old hearts out of his bag and says, have a heart. And he throws it at him. And chucks it at him. <laughs> he throws it at him. He, th- he throws his heart oh, at him. man. Well, he took the one that was too big and chucked it at my boy, Reitz. He runs away. Reitz goes looking for him. And he looks behind a couple of things. He can't see. He looks down a very matte painted hallway. Yeah. He opens up the door and looks down like a hallway that's just a picture of a hallway. <laughs> Um, but he, he comes back and he's a real hero here. He does CPR on Jennifer until she comes back to life, but they don't have long. They get unhooked and Reitz is checking the area to make sure it's safe to move through. And <laughs> Giggles goes and grabs his father's golf clubs. He says, now it's time to do what doctors are best at and pulls out some golf clubs to whoop up on Reitz, he, man. I, my man can't get a break. No, he smacks the gun out of his hand. Not just smacks the gun out of his hand. He Clubs the bullets out of the gun. He's a fucking pro. Yeah. Well, that is what doctors are best at, golfing. Dr. Born and Bred. Yeah, so there's a struggle. Max shows up, and then he gets his ass knocked out. Then my girl, who has just been dead, helping Max out of here, who got, like, bonked on the head one fucking time. She was dead, like, two minutes mm-hmm. ago, and is helping him limp out of this fucking place. 
Not to mention, she got that big hypodermic of stop moving juice in her. <laughs> and she got a lot. She got a full ass yeah. dose right in her lungs. A struggle ensues with Reitz and Dr. Giggles and a fire starts and Reitz is unfortunately killed. How did he die? I can't remember. They get in a little wrestling match and he grabs that bone saw, oh, and he, the, which he just has, saw. of course, right there at the ready while he's being held down. And he takes his bone saw and, and like basically in severs his spine. Yeah. Yeah. He gets blood out of his mouth and he dies. I just have here. No, because I didn't know his name was Reitz at the time. It just says, no, young cop. <laughs> <laughs> but Max and Jen manage just to escape. Oh, isn't that the worst? The steps don't exist. So this is like nightmare stuff. Where you're like, oh, I have to escape this place. Oh, there's no steps now. Oh, yeah. And then Max is up at the top and he's dangling her, not even trying at all to pull her up. Larry Drake catches up in time to like grab her legs as she's being pulled up. That's like if you ever were a kid and you were in a basement Mm -hmm. and you're running up steps. Yes, this is the worst case. And somebody like grab your leg would be the thing you're most afraid of. And that's what happens right there. And I'm like, ah, just get her out of there. He's pretty lax about his escape he's just like oh let me just get up in my own time like no dude get out of there larry drake is gonna throw a bowling ball and smash your head like he's got all these tools and all he wants to do is kill people it's really messed up max goes up first then pulls her up she cannot weigh more than like 110 no max should be fine pulling her up she could have gotten up on his shoulders and just like walked onto that thing and maybe helped him i don't know it's all backwards but it's all for the tension but jen yet again she holds her own she kicks the shit out of dr giggles and knocks him away they manage to escape the house blows up and if these are stunt people man man they did not get paid enough because those explosions go off literally in their face that was real that wasn't like just some vfx explosion shot those are people running away from a real explosion well they built that house just in a park that's a fake prop house it's just all the outside so that they could blow it up so yeah they weren't holding anything back and those people were guaranteed hurt very badly that's phenomenal yeah so yeah that's it the stairways collapse they get out the house blows up and they get to the hospital and jen needs emergency surgery and (laughs) luckily for her Her primary care physician is able to make it there just in Mm. time. Dr. Giggles has escaped the explosion and has killed the whole surgery team and starts pulling out the craziest set of tools you ever did see. He's upgraded his bag. It's no longer a bag. It's a full-ass chest. (laughs) It's basically got the surgery tools from Batman. He pulls those things out of his bag and kills a doctor with one of his weird projectile tools. At this point, I feel like he's just like, okay, I don't give a shit about the transplant. I'm just going to kill this girl. He's on his carrot top tip, pulling random, like, look at this one. This this one's got legs. This one shoots a meat tenderizer. These are my surgical tools. He he definitely is just bent on murder at this point, which is kind of weird to me, right? If he was so obsessed with doing a correct heart transplant... I thought a cool thing they could right. have done was have it be that he kills do that it? he kills her dad, takes his heart, and that's oh, the one, shit. and she's alive and she's fine. They're checking her heart at the end, she's fine, but it means that her dad had to mm-hmm. die for that to happen. That would have been like a pretty cool kind of heavy ending, but like you said, at this point, he's just he no longer wishes to, to correct her heart problem. Obviously, yeah. he would have failed in the first place. Yeah, she would have for, for sure, sure died. died. Maybe but... that's why he just wanted to kill her while doing a heart transplant. I, I have no idea. Yeah, well, it seemed like he was intent on curing her because, like, if he cure, if he can fix this one and prove his dad right, it would, like, you know, vis-a-vis save his mm-hmm. mother as well. It could have proved, like, oh, my dad could have done right. it. Right, that's what I thought um, was going to happen. 
I honestly, I was with you. I was like, what if he actually does it? And like the doctors missed something. And, and then you got to seem like, oh shit, he replaced her heart. But look, the valve transplant wouldn't have worked. I would have thought that would have been very cool because they mentioned how fucking smart this guy is. The other option, because they showed him doing surgery on himself. And since this is a gnarly B horror movie, I was thinking, I don't know how oh, you do shit. it, but Hell you give yeah. his heart to her. And then at the Fuck end, yeah. she kind of has a, like a giggle or something. Something like that, where you're like, oh, oh shit, this man. is Dr. Giggles too. She's the Dr. Giggles now. Yeah, unfortunately, that does not no, it happen. Doesn't happen. None um, of this stuff she would, just... would be, make total sense. It's total yeah, sense in the just... universe, okay? In the space, yes, it would yes, make total yes. sense. In real life, no sense at all. Yeah, she throws some vials on the ground and shocks him to death, but not really. It's a fake out. He grabs her leg, then she takes his tools, which would lend to your Dr. Giggles mm-hmm. 2 thing, and then stabs him. They have a brief pun battle where they pun back and forth, and she gets the last blow, but Dr. Giggles gets the last laugh as he puns once more before dying. He stares right down the barrel, right down the barrel, mm-hmm. and he says, is there a doctor in the house? A very cool gnarly death. I think Dr. Giggles actually gets the best death as well because yeah. he falls forward. Those things are stuck in him and then they blast through the back as well. And that's it. Movie's over. Dad's okay. Jen's okay. Max is okay. It ends on a little horny joke where Max kisses her and it makes her heart rate go up. Uh, beep, but beep, also, beep, beep, I, I don't beep, know beep, what beep. the science is on the EKG to the water on the ground to shock Dr. Giggles, but it's definitely better science than was used in the Wonder Woman 1984 cheetah. Oh, here we fucking Cheetah go. Cheetah electricity battle. Here we fucking go. <laughs> That's all. Yes. Okay. Yes, we get it. But he's dead, and that's it. That is the end of it. Dr. fucking Giggles. Now, uh, this is part of the show where we talk about the comic, in this case, adaptation over at the Comic Convergence. Not much to say about this one other than this was uh, this movie was made in conjunction with Dark Horse Comics because they wanted to release this movie and have a comic adaptation as well as a start of a partnership between the production company and Dark Horse in making a series of movies. But they made a two series run for this one called Dr. Giggles, and it's basically pretty much the same plot. But in the second one, Giggles is more in love with her as opposed to a mother thing here. But it looks all right. It's kind of exactly what you'd think of a comic adaptation of this. So, I mean, if you're a huge fan of this movie and you want to get some more Dr. Giggles content, that's a pretty good place to look. I think they're pretty cheap and easy to get a hold of. So check it out. The writer, Graham Whiffler kind of complained at one point that they took his script and mangled it into something unrecognizable. Uh, his original concept was Mr. Giggles, and the surgery concept was the same. He tried to release his own version of it in like 2005, but um, I took a brief look, and I don't think I will personally be checking that one out. So that's pretty much all there is to say. There was that um, two-issue thing, and that's pretty much all I could find on it. Let us know if, if you've got some more information on Dr. Giggles. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter at uh, NerdoplexiPod. Let us know. Uh, this depressing corner. Uh, the dude who plays Max also plays Doyle, a half-demon on Angel, the spinoff series to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But he died from a heroin oh. overdose in 2002. Oh. Yeah. Well, cool fact, we can delete, I we can guess. That. <laughs> that doesn't help <laughs> Well, anything. this one, for being 1992... 
All the effects are amazing. The shots are good. Nothing is wonky. Well made movie. Um, Box office eight point four million. That's not too bad. It's pretty good. Does it say? No, I'm not seeing a budget. Okay, well maybe we just don't know. Maybe they had no budget. Um, but okay, well normally I like to check the budget, but this one did. I think okay. Opening weekend was two point seven million. Did eight point four worldwide. Not enough to warrant a sequel, but you know that's pretty chill. Not much ever came out of it other than the the comic adaptation. Critics mostly said it was just a boilerplate slasher that was only kind of differentiated by Larry Drake's performance. But it was a hell of a performance. That is kind of the most standout thing here, that Larry Drake is a creepy, cool bad guy. Yeah, he crushed in Darkman. He crushed in this, no question. There was a rumored sequel that got turned into a different movie, but who knows what that, it could have just been that idea, uh, but nothing ever came of that. All right. Well, we've got one more segment, our favorite segment, where we talk about our favorites and least favorites. It's who's your hero, who's your villain. I'll go first and say my villain is Dime Store Bill S. Preston Esquire. He mm-hmm. is so grody and nasty that he wants his girlfriend to wear his mom's lingerie. He doesn't know from a condom, even remotely. He, like, bites holes into it, drops in the toilet, puts his toothbrush in the toilet. He basically kills Dougie Doug and Dougie Doug's girlfriend by sticking them in the Rendell house and trapping them. Even if there wasn't a killer, that's still extremely negligent. If Dougie Doug wanted that to happen, that's just as bad on him, but but he dies, so he pays for it. Dime Store Bill S. Preston Esquire also pays for it, but later, much later. <laughs> Dive store bill is it's hard to say okay (laughs) all right well for me my villain is absolutely going to be magruder we could have solved this thing reitz reitz would have had this thing wrapped up before anybody else got killed except for the two kids you could have saved so many lives but magruder wouldn't let reitz go upstairs and he is the cause of all of this it's all on him okay i think that's a good point but Obviously, Magruder done been through it and in that house. I mean, that is some PTSD. If it doesn't trigger you that this is where I saw a kid cut his way out of his mom's belly 35 years ago. He was at the police station. So at the police station, that's right. Yeah, so he wasn't even at the house. But still, he wasn't at the house. But he's tying the house to that memory that ruined his life. And not to mention, okay, maybe Reitz goes upstairs, but maybe that's when Reitz gets his head chopped off. And then Reitz doesn't get to save the day later because he was too quick to hop into this house whenever he wasn't primed and ready (laughs) too quick to do the job if he would have got his head chopped off there'd have been like a hundred more cops there that day they knew exactly where they were going anyhow so i think he still sucks i can agree he kind of sucks but he's a villain he's a villain he does he gets stabbed in the neck and he shoots dr giggles he's the only one who i mean at that point breaks the flesh and proves that he's not some monster he's actually human that's a good scene that's probably the best scene in the movie where he's like he's like shocked he's like oh my god I, i'm i'm hurt yeah he gets to get his shit off and he, he says like oh you owe me for 35 years of lost sleep and that was kind of cool line to get while there's a scalpel sticking out of your brain yeah well a lot of people got killed because he was spooked maybe he maybe could have saved a lot of people all right, well, refute it and tell me your hero. Is I'm certain it's not going to be Magruder. No, it can't be now. <laughs> it was going to be, but it can't be now. I think then my hero's got to be... Phew, I should have thought of this before. 
my hero is Larry Drake for this fucking performance. Oh, okay. Could definitely buy that. That's a hell of a performance. I mean, he is going for it. Like, you could see him kind of dabbling with the villain in Darkman, but I honestly think it, I mean, his Darkman villain's a little bit more cartoonish. I wouldn't say either of these performances are nuanced, but he is, he's doing so much, like with the giggles, with like a crazy look. And he's asked to do a bunch, be scary and also very funny. He's got a great look for horror. And I would have loved to see him make a career of being you know, a, a slasher. I could do for 30 more Dr. Giggles's. Who's your standout in this one, Sam? Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. My hero has got to be the visual effects team. Oh, okay. Excellent. Because, dude, the prosthetics, the set design, that doctor's office was creepy as hell, and they put all that together just to blow it up. And that's got to feel mm-hmm. pretty good as a set designer and visual effects coordinator that, that you're like... This is cool. I get to see it from its inception to its explosion. It's not like you can take the house home with you at the end of the shoot. So to, to be <laughs> right. able to say, I, I built this thing and now I get to blow it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think they did a killer job. Uh, I, well, I didn't mean that, but they, they did a really good job. <laughs> uh, that was go. unintentional. Like that. But they did a really good job on that. Like you said, the sticking the thing up the nose. Pretty much everything. All the kills are amazing. After you said that that throat was a like a design piece, that was something that they had to create that mouth. Why didn't mm-hmm. they then use that as a thing? Like it, she didn't die from him stabbing her through the throat or anything like that. She died from him sticking something up her nose. So why couldn't they have done something more with that? All he did was look in her mouth. I mean, it was gross. It was mm-hmm. grotesque. It's a very cool it was shot. Worthwhile, but, yeah, it but, seems but, a little I mean, wasted. Yeah, if you're, why don't you cut her tongue off or something? Like, do some. I mean, you're gonna do something gross. Do something gross. Circle back to that. Yeah. The one thing that you cannot deny about this movie is that the kills and the look of the film itself is great. We'll get into it in, in just a moment about what we we thought about the movie overall. But your hero, I think, is well fought there, and I think we've got the two best things about this movie: Larry Drake and the visuals. Mm-hmm. Before we get to what we thought and whether or not we'd recommend this movie, let's take a look and see what's up on the list. The next one up is going to be, oh, guys, here we go. Talk about prosthesis and special effects. We're going to be checking out Batman Returns on this one. That's a good one. I just saw a meme or a gif of Michelle Pfeiffer doing some whip work on the set of this movie, so I'm pretty excited for this. This one I'm really going to want to sink my teeth into. I bet you there's a good novelization. Oh, yes. There's video games. We are going to get into all of that. That is for sure. Maybe we can uh, throw up on the Twitter a Twitter poll. What's your favorite Batman Returns toy? I'm guessing it's going to be the penguins with the rocket launchers. Oh, yeah. I had the penguins with the rocket launcher thing. I'm guessing we're going to have a ton of fun with that. Sam, tell me how you felt about this one, Dr. Giggles. I loved it. I mean, it was it was creepy. It had some scary bits. It had some over-the-top, completely ridiculous, laughable bits. The puns were funny and on point. I don't know if intentionally funny, as you stated, uh, but definitely made me laugh because of how ridiculous they were and how constant they were. It makes you laugh. It makes you jump. It's got all those things you want in your B-slasher film. So if you like a slasher film, if you like B-movies, if you're not easily grossed out, this is definitely one to check out. If you're a fan of gore, 
just in general. I think there is certainly some stuff to look at here because these effects are amazing. I had a great time with this movie. I just got excited as soon as his credits started rolling. This is a terrible movie. Functionally, it's got all the nuts and bolts right. It's got the visual stylings. It's not compelling. This is a flimsy story with really creepy characters and great acting. Everything is good. Like The characterization is good. All the motivations are rock solid. But even with Larry Drake here doing the most, it just doesn't quite get there. They don't nail the tone, I feel like. But I think that's why this isn't franchised and why it's a fun movie to watch. But I don't think it'll be on anyone's horror classic list. That's for sure. That being said, I absolutely recommend this movie to anyone who likes horror movies, anyone who likes good, bad movies. There's a lot to sink your teeth into this movie as well. I can't wait to watch this one again, you know, six months from now. I'll be showing it to other people that have never seen it or heard of it because it is just that wild. Yeah, this one is definitely getting added to the rotation. All right, well, what did you guys think? Is this one that you are going to uh, add to your rotation as well? Did you have as much fun with it as we did? Uh, let us know. Um, you can email us at nerdaplexy at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at, at nerdaplexypod on Twitter. A very special thanks to our social media manager, Dave. You can tweet at him at the face of Dave on Twitter. That's all. That's a great follow. Trust me on that one. Uh, very special thank you as well to the cast and crew of Dr. Giggles. This, we had a blast watching this, and we're very thankful someone made a movie this absolutely crazy. All right, check us out on the mini for more information on Batman Returns, and on the next episode, uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, But until then, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. All I know is this town has a doctor and his name is Rendell. Stay away from his house because he's the doctor from hell. He killed all his patients, every last one, and cut out their hearts purely for fun. So if you're from Morhai and you get sick, fall on your knees and pray you die quick.